Hi, I'm Jeremy Kirk, Executive Editor with Information Security Media Group. Running a SOC is essential for keeping view over breaking security threats affecting an organization. I'm speaking today with Kerry Maytree, who's a Security Operations Strategist with Palo Alto Networks. Kerry, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Jeremy. So you have an incredible amount of experience working in SOCs, and you've also assessed more than 150 of them. This is an overly broad question, but tell me, what's going wrong with them? <laughs> well, that's, there's quite a few things uh, that I've seen in different SOCs that are, that are not working well. Um, you know, the things that we've all heard about is there's not enough people. We don't know how to find the people, educate them, keep them from going to the company down the street. You know, beyond that, there's just too many tools. There's not enough automation. We're not keeping up with the bad guys. You know, we've all heard about that. But I think one of the easiest things to fix that I see going wrong most of the time is a lot of SOCs don't have a clear mission. They don't have defined, you know, what their purpose is within a business. Uh, their scope is too broad. And beyond that, the rest of the company doesn't know what their purpose is. And so there's often conflicts between the SOC and maybe a NOC or maybe what the C-levels expect because that mission isn't defined. It's not clearly defined. It's not socialized with the rest of the business. And so there's just, um, you know unrealized expectations between what the SOC believes that they do and the value they provide and what the business is looking for in a SOC. And I think you know, if, if security operations centers could really focus on, you know, what's our mission? What do we do here? Write it down. Uh, make sure that the rest of the business buys into it. Um, then those, those conflicts, those walls between the different groups of an organization, you know, can start to be broken down. And, uh, and, and that's when the, the SOC can really enable the business instead of just being you know, a, a roadblock or, or the no people. You said that SOC should have a very narrow mission. You know, they should identify, investigate, and then mitigate. A lot of SOCs sort of metastasize into incident response and forensics and compliance. Why do you think that those people kind of expand the, into those other areas? What sort of detrimental effect does that have on a SOC? They're, they're small organizations, and they take on, the SOC kind of takes on everything related to security for a company. And they're, they're trying to do too much. If you have a larger organization, you really need to, you know, drive down that scope to, you know, the, the purpose of a SOC, the analysts in a SOC, they should identify threats, investigate threats, and mitigate threats. And everything beyond that should be different groups that they interface with. But really, that's their job. They're, they're not there to um, update firewall rules. They're not there to do deep forensic investigations of threats. That should be a separate function. And so by pushing those other, um, those other functions to the proper groups, it allows that SOC to really focus on, on a threat. Let's find them, let's um, figure them out, let's, let's mitigate them, and then let's work with the other pieces of the business to make sure that those, those vulnerabilities, those holes are, 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 are patched and the threats are blocked before they even get to the SOC so that the SOC can really focus on not false positives, not um, threats that should be, uh, you know, uh, automatically mitigated to begin with, they can really focus on those advanced attackers, which are the ones that are going to cause the most damage to your business. So they, um, some groups that I've worked with are actually hiring business liaisons now. Instead of an additional stock analyst, I've worked with some financial groups. They'll hire a business liaison to kind of figure out what, what different groups do different things, 
what are the interfaces between those groups, um, and making sure the SOC can really focus on, on their mission. Mm-hmm. And you've been a big advocate also of organizations going through their tool, tool sets and auditing those tool sets and trying to reduce the amount of products that are actually in a SOC. How feasible is that goal for organizations? Well, I've seen amongst all the SOCs that I've looked at, I'd say there's about an average of 40 tools that a SOC uses. And if you just think about that, just a human being able to learn 40 tools and use them well is, is fairly impossible. And you know, I've done some, some looking into just specific tool use, and organizations will buy these amazing SIMs or um, you know, firewall tools, and they're not using all of them. You know, on, on the low side, I've seen people use about 5% of the capabilities of these advanced tools. On the high side, maybe 78%, 70 to 80% of these advanced tools. And I think if organizations take the time to look at what features they're actually using, they'll start to realize that, you know, they have duplicate features. They have duplicate functionality in these 40 tools that they have. And if they just used, you know, tool A a little bit more, maybe they could get rid of one of their tools. One thing I have seen organizations do is, say, okay, I will only bring one more tool into my stock if I can get rid of two. Yes. And that's how that, that consolidation starts to happen. Um, there's huge benefits. I mean, less vendor management. You know, you, you don't have to have these experts in 40 tools. You can start to, to narrow it down. So I think the goal of consolidating tools is extremely feasible. You know, the goal of consolidating onto a single platform, you know, that, that's probably out of reach for most organizations. But there's definitely consolidation that can happen. And then on the vendor side, too, you talked about uh, the hope for this kind of Shangri-La where admins would just have to deploy one agent on an endpoint, and that agent will be able to collect all of the data points that are needed for the various tools and kind of have that flow into a a data lake for analytics. Do you think that we're going to see that sort of technology picture emerge? I think so. And, And the reason is because it makes sense. You know, logically, it makes sense that we don't have to deploy 40 different tools on an endpoint. You know, it degrades performance for the users. It, it just there's there's too much duplicate data flowing back and forth. So, from the standpoint of logic, it makes sense. And so, I think we'll see the industry start to move there. Is it going to happen tomorrow? No, it definitely won't. Um, but I, I'm already starting to see, you know, the kind of the consolidation of the tools where the Data from endpoints, for example, can be brought into a data lake, and then the different features can be acted upon. Um, so maybe there's user behavioral analytics that can act on that data. Uh, maybe there's um, ties into compliance functions from that data. That can all happen in one single place, a data lake. And then once that data is acted upon, you can take those controls and push it back to that single agent on the endpoint to really enforce you know, your policy or your updated controls. So logic is there. It makes sense. So I think I think it will happen. Great. And then finally, I want to ask you about defining metrics for SOX too. And this is also very important for communicating to people who are outside the security field, the business people of sort of how it's working. What are your recommendations around creating better metrics? <laughs> this is this is one of the questions I get asked all of the time. And my my answer is we need to make sure that we have metrics that can affect change. And a lot of times I see SOCs rolling up metrics to their management 
that are they're not driving change. You know, if you if you report on the number of alerts per day, that doesn't affect change in your SOC. That doesn't make you more effective or efficient. Similarly, if you're reporting on things like mean time to resolution, I think this is the worst metric that we have because it drives the wrong behavior. So in in network operation, mean time to resolution makes sense because you want to work as fast as possible, keep things up and running. In a SOC, if you're only measuring mean time to resolution, then you're driving the wrong behaviors. That's going to force analysts to work through problems too quickly. They might miss things. They're probably not feeding the output back into their security controls to make their uh, protections better. And so, you know, MTTR is, is the wrong, drives the wrong behavior. Now, what I do think are good metrics kind of fall into two categories. You know, as, as a C-level, what you want to know is, am I protected if, if and when, probably more when, an attack happens, can I handle it? And those are broken down into to two different categories. So one is called um, configuration confidence. And this means, do I have the right tools in place? Are they running? Are they configured to best practice? Um, am I using enough of the features that I've already bought? So is my technology in place to find these threats and handle them? The second piece is the operational confidence. When an attack happens, do I have the right people in place with the right education, with the right experience with these tools I have in place to actually address these threats? One of my favorite metrics on the operational side is events per analyst hour. We call it EPA. And what this means is there, there's a finite amount of events that an analyst can handle per hour. You know, if, if you look in, in your EPA is at 100, that's unsustainable. Yes. That means that your analyst is overwhelmed. <laughs> They're going to start dropping events. They're not going to do full investigations. And so you want to bring that number down to, I don't know, 8 to 13. That's sustainable. And that builds, gives that operational confidence that, hey, my people can handle this. When we do get breached, when there are threats coming in, I have the right people in place. I'm confident that I can actually withstand an attack or handle it as quickly as possible. So, you know, those are those are the types of metrics I like to focus on that can actually affect change within the operation. Those are great tips. Thank you very much for joining us, Carrie. Thank you very much. I've been speaking with Carrie Matry, Security Operations Specialist with Palo Alto Networks. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk.